Good morning, Bentonville Church. We are so excited that you are joining wherever you are joining from. We don't care. We are just excited that you want to be a part of our worship service this morning. And I am so excited to talk to you about the topic of hope. And last week, Greg Ziegler did a fantastic job of our Plants a Tree Grow Family Home Point series. And uh, if you remember the week before that, Daniel started us on a series of hope. And man, if there's something that we need to talk about in 2020, it's probably hope. <laughs> Uh, a lot of us feel like 2020 has been a drag, that there isn't much hope to talk about, but I'm here to tell you that simply isn't true. So I'm excited for us to dive into scripture this morning. Uh, before we do begin, I would love for you to join me in prayer as we pray over this lesson. And let's just ask God to open our hearts, to open our minds, to open our ears, to, to hear what His Spirit has for us this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for being a good, good Father for being a loving God who cares so deeply for his creation. And God, I'm thankful that you created me. I'm thankful that you gave me a purpose, God. And I'm thankful that you give me hope. In a year that so much uncertainty seems to exist, God, you have planted hope in my heart. And it's a hope because I understand and I know that my promised home is not here on earth. God, this world is not my home. I'm, I'm just passing through this place, God. And I can't wait to be into my home in heaven with you, God. So I'm thankful for the hope that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. And as we dive into scripture this morning, God, bring the word to life to us. Um, and as it does that, God, help it to give us life. I'm thankful for your promises, God, that have never failed us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you're thinking about hope... Um, I want you to open up to the book of Luke. And that's where Daniel left off last week. That's where we're going to pick up a little bit today. And I'm going to kind of do some overlap, not very much. But Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be for the bulk of the sermon. Now, I do have a lot of other scripture that I want to throw at you this morning as we tie hope into the story that we find in Luke chapter 1. But I'm really excited about this. I have a question before we begin, though. So when you think about the year 2020, uh, what is a word that comes to mind? Maybe masks come to mind. Uh, maybe um, inconvenience comes to mind, right? You know, if you've been to a restaurant lately, they only seat like, what, 60 or 70% capacity. I don't even know what it is today. It changes all the time. But you have to wait longer for a table if you are going out. And so maybe inconvenience is something you think of. A lot of us would not tie the word hope to 2020, would we? But I'm here to tell you this has been a tough year, but it's been a year of growth for me personally and spiritually. And I hope it has been for you as hard as it's been. What's the old saying? No pain, no gain, right? I feel like God is up to something this year. And he's opening a lot of hearts and minds right now. And I pray that you be hope to somebody else. You know, I tell my teenagers this all the time, and I think it's really relevant. You may be the only book of the Bible that someone ever reads. You may be the only book that you don't know who you're coming into contact with every day and how you might impact them. So I pray when others experience relationship with you, they actually experience relationship with Jesus Christ. What has 2020 meant for you? Uh, what a year it's been, huh? But in all of this that's going on, with everything that's crazy in 2020, I want to remind you of a very important fact before we dive into Luke chapter 1. 
And that important fact is this. If you look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, you can open to it later and read it if you'd like, Ephesians 6, 12. But it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil that are in the heavenly realms. Guys, our battle in 2020 is not against one person. It's not against people who say you have to wear a mask. It's not against people who say you don't have to wear a mask. Our, our battle as Christians is always against Satan. And Satan is the one in 2020 who's seizing every opportunity he can to steal hope from you. What does John 10.10 say, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we have life and that we have it to the full. Please keep that in mind as you reflect on this year. All right, so let's open up to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and we'll read a little bit. I'm going to start in verse 5, and we're going to read down through verse 13. Now, there is a name I can't really pronounce very well in uh, verse 5, so just bear with me. But 5 through 13 of Luke chapter 1, let's begin. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, Abijah. <laughs> and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. They were old. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were outside praying at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, yes, we are going to talk about Jesus this morning, but I want to talk a lot about John. I want to talk a lot about Zechariah. I want to talk a lot about Elizabeth, because here we see this story unraveling of what could potentially be hope lost, a couple who could be falling into the trap of hopelessness, because what does this story tell us as it unfolds? It says that Elizabeth was old in years, as well as Zechariah, and they were unable to have children, and this would, this would be a big problem. You know, I have friends who can't have children, and it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And I imagine that Elizabeth and Zechariah would be feeling heartbroken, helpless. But I want you to notice a few things that Luke points out to us. Okay, so number one is this. It says both were righteous. They were both justified by God. They were good people. They followed all the commandments, right? They were great people. But they were unable to conceive, so the problem enters. And here's where so many people fall away from their faith. Why did bad things happen to good people? Have you ever heard that question asked before? And man, Satan can get into our minds and really make us believe, really make us believe that bad things shouldn't be happening to us because we are good. 
And I'm here to tell you that that is a recipe for hopelessness when you start believing that particular lie from Satan. It was an opportunity here for hope to be stolen. An opportunity for hope to be stolen. So let's pause from that story just for a second. I want you to think about the word hope with me. And I, I love acronyms, okay? So H-O-P-E, hope. And I love this one that I found. It says, holding on to promises, even though blank. Holding on to promises, even though blank. And so I'm going to ask you a simple question as we continue in our lesson this morning. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. What is the blank in your life right now? Even though blank, like what are the promises that you're holding on to even though this has happened? 2020 might be able to fill in the blank for you, right? 2020 has been hard. Maybe that's your even though statement. You know, a lot of us feel right now like things are falling apart because we're holding on to the wrong things. We're holding on to the wrong person. And so when things are not able to be held on to, when they're stripped from our control, it's just chaos, right? It's madness. But think about hope, holding on to promises, even though blank. This has been a hard year. Maybe your blank happened before this year. Maybe something really came up that was big, that really challenged the hope that you have in eternity. And Satan uses that all the time, doesn't he? Holding on to promises, even though whatever happens. So let's look again at this story. I want you to look down at verse 18 in Luke chapter 1. Look down at verse 18. And this, this is kind of the dangerous scenario right here, okay? So down in verse 18, it says, And Zechariah said to the angel, How can I know this? How can I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife, she's old too. I'm old and my wife is old. Like, how can I, how can I be certain that what you're saying is actually going to happen? Do you remember a story back in the beginning of Genesis? with Adam and Eve, where this same kind of question was proposed to Adam and Eve from Satan, right? When Satan comes up to them and he says, hey, did God really say, like, how can you know that God really meant that when he said, don't eat of this tree? And Zechariah comes in with this question and he says, how can I know this? And man, we long for certainty, don't we? We don't really thrive in the unknown. At least I don't. Maybe you do, and if you do, props to you. But I don't thrive in the unknown. It's hard. And so Zechariah wants clarification. He says, you know, we've been faithful. We've followed all the decrees. we followed all the commandments. But how can I know that what you're saying is true? And I'm convinced, I'm so convinced, that if all of us firmly knew and believed that our home was in heaven, our hope was in Jesus Christ, and our home was in heaven, that our lives might look a little bit different. That our actions would look different. That our words, our conversations would be different. And so let that be a challenge to you. As I tell my teenagers all the time, let that be a gut punch to you this morning. That if you know without a doubt where your home is, if you know without a doubt where your eternal home is, let that change today. Let that change the way you live today. 
Luke chapter 118, man, how can I be sure of this? Zechariah wants to know. And we want to know that same question, especially in a year like 2020. I love Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Think about that. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You know, if my life reflected that, holding unswervingly to the hope in Jesus Christ, things would look different. My conversations might be different. And I pray that over you this morning. Hold unswervingly to Jesus Christ. Do you know why you can? Because He has been, He is, and He will be. And He hasn't changed. That's somebody I want to hold on to. It's constant. The other part I love about that verse, it says, to the hope that we profess. Do you profess that hope? I said earlier, you might be the only book of the Bible that someone ever reads. You might be. What are you professing to others? Hold unswervingly to that hope. Okay. So I um, have a two and a half year old, which is crazy. Actually, he's closer to three now. Um, but his name is Baylor. If you've met Baylor before, he is just an awesome kid, and obviously I'm biased. I love him to death. I think he's the cutest kid in the world. Um, but I have another kid now, so I have to be careful saying that. Um, but I love Baylor to death. One thing I love about Baylor is that he is all boy. Like, if there's a fight going on, he wants to watch it. If there's not going, one going on, he wants to start it. I mean, he loves to wrestle. He loves to do all things. Boy, he wants to be outside all the time. He loves to go hiking with me, which I absolutely love to do. And so I love Baylor to death. Um, one thing Baylor loves, though, is the Amazium. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you've been to the Amazium before, but if you haven't, check it out, especially if, if you have kids. Uh, we have a fantastic facility here in Bentonville called the Scott Family Amazium. And Baylor has memorized the layout of the Amazium. So we go to one section at a time, and we always know where we're going to go. And you should see Baylor as soon as we walk into the Amazium. I mean, he's just like, wow, like so excited to be there, just thrilled when we walk through the doors. But the first place Baylor wants to go every single time, and if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, is to the leaf thing that you crawl up. And it's this simulated tree kind of thing where there's leaves that you get to crawl up and it's got a cage around it so you can't fall out, uh, I guess for insurance reasons. But he gets to the top and, and the first time that Baylor did this, he got to the top and he looked down with this terrified look like, oh my goodness, where do I go now? And what he didn't realize was that a few leaves further, if he just kept going, there was an exit into another part of the Amazium that he really loves. But he didn't know that was there. And so I had to crawl up, and you can imagine me and my six-foot self, six-two, uh, crawling through these little leaves and, and like trying to get him. But as soon as Baylor realized that there was a way out and that he loved the place that he was trying to get to, it changed everything. And I'm convinced I can learn something here from Baylor that if I was convinced, if I knew the way out of this world, where I'm going, my eternal home, I'm going to be thrilled and overjoyed to live this life because I know it's not the end life. There's a way out. And in 2020, some of you want a way out. <laughs> Some of you are like looking for hope. You're looking for a place that you can long for, that you can go to. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ has paved the way 
for where we're going. And man, it gives me hope. Maybe you remember this verse that we talked about a lot a year ago, Romans 15, 13, but it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him. As you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. I want to break that down just a little bit. It says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. Do you need peace right now? Do you need joy right now? I do. You know somebody else who does? Man, I love that verse. I love that verse. May He fill you with hope as you do what? Does He just give it to you? As you trust in Him. As you trust in Him. I love this quote I found, and we'll be wrapping up here shortly, but it says, Hope is not something that we wish for. Hope is something that we wait for. I want you to listen to that again. Hope is not something that we wish for. Hope is something that we wait for. You know, when I was growing up in South Louisiana, this is going to make some of you laugh, but I used to wish for snow on Christmas. And as you can imagine, um, I was upset every year. I used to wish for snow on Christmas. But I knew in the back of my mind, okay, it might happen, but there's not a very good chance. I was wishing for it, but I didn't really believe it. Hope is not something we wish for. Hope is something we wait for. If your hope is in Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you it's a guarantee that it's going to happen. It's a guarantee. And I'm waiting for it. Hope is not something we wish for. Hope is something we wait for. And I want to read this verse to you from 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-4. through 4. So let's look at that as we close this morning because I, I love this verse and I think it offers us a lot of insight into the topic that I'm talking about. Praise God, praise be to the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because His mercy has given us birth. And please listen to this wording that Peter uses. A birth into a living hope. Into a living hope. Now I'm going to say this quote for a third time in this lesson. Guys, you might be the only book of the Bible that someone ever reads. And my prayer is that when people look at you, that they see a living hope. That your life like reflects hope in Jesus Christ. A living hope. That's what I hope they see. I am so thankful that you listened this morning. And as we close, I just want to uh, bring you back to Luke chapter 1. And as we think about Zechariah, as we think about the song that he wrote at the end of that chapter. You know, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit in the scripture reading um, for this morning is probably in the sermon notes, but I love the Zechariah song at the end of this chapter. And that's what I want to end on. Because Zechariah comes in and he, he basically says at the end of the chapter, and please look at this, Zechariah's song. He says, praise God because he is faithful. He's faithful to what he's promised. 
And I'm here to tell you today that God is faithful to what he's promised. If you remember, let's fill in the blanks of that story that we didn't read. When the angel told Zechariah, hey, you're about to have a child, and he said, hey, is this really going to happen? Are you sure about this? Do you remember what the angel did in response? It says he took Zechariah's um, speech away, right? And so Zechariah comes out writing on tablets and he's like, hey, this happened, but I can't speak right now. So he's writing everything down. And, and we know the story. There was pain that came because of that decision. But we know that John was born, that God was faithful, and that hope prevails. And when Zechariah realizes that, it says the Holy Spirit entered him. He couldn't help but break down and sing this song. I love the way we connect to music. But my prayer for you as you listen to this lesson is that you know where your hope comes from. Number one, that you know where your hope comes from. If it's at anything in this world, you're going to be upset time and time again. That's number one. Number two is this, that your hope in Jesus Christ grows and that it shows that you are a living hope to somebody who's hopeless right now. I love you so much. Whoever you are watching, thank you for listening to this. I hope you were encouraged, and I pray that you have a fantastic Sunday.